Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Celebration Weekend here at Door Creek Church. If you're a guest here, my name's Mark, one of the pastors, and you're in for a treat because today we are going to be looking back over this last year and just thanking God for all that he's been doing and, and all that he's been changing in our lives and through our lives. And so you're going to have a much better understanding of what we're on about, why we do what we do around this place. So welcome. And one of the things that we want to do with Celebrate Weekend is just kind of go back to ground zero to, to answer those core questions that have to do with our mission values and vision. So what are we about is our mission question and what are we committed to is the values and where are we heading, where are we going is the vision. So the first question then is our mission question. What are we about? So here's what we're about at Tor Creek Church. Joining God, that's what we're about, joining God. In changing people into devoted followers of Christ, he changed the world with his love. So it's not anything we can do, it's something God's doing, and he invites us into that work. And it's awesome and amazing to be part of that, seeing people come into a relationship with Christ and grow in that relationship of Christ with Christ and continue to grow in that relationship with Christ. So that's our mission, and we want to see more and more people become devoted followers of Christ. It's our calling, it's our life work, it's our great joy to see people meet Christ, grow in Christ, grow to be more like Christ. Our values then answer, what are we committed to? What's important to us? We have eight values. I'm gonna read the value, like this first one, a life of worship, and then I'll say, and you say, worshiping God in all of life. So you guys ready? All right, now you guys came late, so you should be more awake than the nine o'clock, and they were on this, so. A life of worship, you say, worshiping God in all of life. Not just an hour a week, but in all of life. So we hear that word worship, and word association, if I say worship, you think, ah, music, that's worship. Or I say worship, you think, ah, service, we're doing that right now. It's not an hour. It's what we can do throughout all of life where we see God for who he is and we respond with this reverent, affectionate, humble obedience, whether we're at the job, whether we're on the playground, whether we're trying out for a play, whether we are interviewing for a job or making investments, anything and everything, a life of worship. Our second value, the Bible's authority. And you say, centering our lives on God's truth. So we wanna be in the word the Bible, so that the word is in us and the word then becomes to inf- comes to inform every area of our life, our thought life. The Bible's informing that, like those are good thoughts, those are not good thoughts. Our attitudes, uh-huh, that's not a good attitude, Mark. That's the attitude to have. Our actions, our behavior, all of it is informed by the word of God. Our third value is the richness of community. And you say, Growing together in Christ. So it's great that we're here together in this big place. We're gathered on the north side at Madison right now and in DeForest right now. And in all of those venues and campuses, we're in rows. It's great. It's important that we come together each week around God's word. It focuses us. It centers us. There's so much good that happens. But we need more to grow as devoted followers of Christ. We need relationships. And so we are always pushing and plugging and helping you get connected to a group. That's where life change happens, where you can meet a friend and you can be a friend and you can sharpen each other and shape each other and serve each other and serve together others. You can care for each other, bear each other's burdens. You laugh, you cry, the whole mix as you start doing life together in an honest and real way 
where people know you and love you just for who you are and are trusting God as you continue to take those next steps with you, with him. So that's the richness of community. Our fourth value is this, a joyful witness. And you say, sharing and living the good news. Two wings of an airplane. So we don't just demonstrate it because there's a lot of good people that live a very high moral life and it doesn't necessarily point to Jesus and to grace. So we're, we're living it, but we're sharing it. We're sharing it and we're living it. It's not one or the other, it's both. It's word and deed, proclamation and demonstration. Here's what the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's workmanship, or you could translate it masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus. So if we're in Christ, if our faith and trust is in Christ, he has, he has transformed us into one of his masterpieces, creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So how many of you woke up this morning, looked at the mirror and, and said, man, that's right, I am a masterpiece. <laughs> right? We just don't think that. That's probably a good post-it to put on our mirrors. Just kind of inform our day. Because that's who we are by God's good grace, a masterpiece. But a masterpiece, not just to, to be looked at on a wall, some static thing, but a masterpiece that does and produces good things. Here's what we believe. That good works that flow out of the grace of God fosters goodwill in people that don't yet know God. And it opens wide the door for the good news of God's love for us in Christ. Our value, joyful witness. Lived out so beautifully this last year by none other than one of our three-year-olds, Brindley. Brindley comes to children's ministry here. Brindley's parents love Jesus. Brindley's parents have been praying for her, pointing her to Jesus. But so have her teachers here at Door Creek. So this last year, Brindley would come home excited to share what she's learning, excited to show her grandmother who was sick her different art projects that she's working on that always tied into the key verse that always tied into the theme of the day. And as mom and dad were reflecting back, it was just this really interesting thing. Their, their mother, the Brindley's grandmother, who was ill, believed in God, but didn't have a personal relationship with Christ. So they obviously were praying for their parent. And it was really great to see how God used an unexpected three-year-old to be part of God's answer to their prayers. If Brindley can do it, we can do it, right? Pointing people to Jesus in word and deed. Our fifth value is compassionate service. And you say, humbling, extending Christ's compassion to those in need. Honestly, that's what drew Lori and I to Door Creek Church 12 years ago. Just the way this church was wanting to make a difference in our own backyard, moving towards the vulnerable, moving towards people that are disadvantaged, and wanting to do good. So the Bible says this, that God doesn't just expect, but he requires of his people to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God, Micah 6.8. That's that value. That's what we're on about here with that commitment. Then the sixth one, intentional training. You say, preparing and releasing God's people for ministry. So the Bible says in Timothy, the sixth chapter, that, you know, training has value, physical training, you know, 
whatever, like I just, on my way to church, I saw one of my friends who's training for a marathon coming back with a pack of runners. And they didn't look ready to run a marathon right now. No, the triathlon, not just the Ironman. Anyways, that's good, the Bible says. It's good. Training is good, the body. But there's something actually even better than physical training. It's training for godliness, training to grow to be more like Christ. And that is something actually we have a responsibility to do ourselves. So there's that part of intentional training. But then there's this whole commitment of the leadership. And that's just not paid staff or pastors or directors and things. It's anybody so if you are leading a small group of middle school students, high school students, kids, if you are working in any one of our ministries, you know, whatever it is, a life group, you, you're responsible to help prepare people to do the work of ministry, preparing and releasing God's people to do ministry. That, does, that means that we don't do it all. We share it. We delegate. We, we recognize the way that God has shaped you uniquely with your spiritual gifts, with your heart passions, with the natural abilities that you have, your personality, the experiences you've had to make a huge difference today for Christ's work in other people's lives. And so that's, that's what we're on about, is helping you discover how God has made you and wired you to have a great impact on other people. Intentional training. Our seventh, persistent prayer. You say, devoting ourselves to pray continually. So I was on this fishing trip last week, and um, one of the questions at dinner was, or around the campfire was, who's the most famous person that you've ever met? And so I said, well, in third grade, I was downtown Chicago on a field trip, and we were outside the Art Institute in a gift shop on Michigan Avenue, and I said to my buddies who were with me in the gift shop, that guy over there, I think is Gail Goodrich. At this point in this message, you're going, who is that? So Gail Goodrich was the number two guard next to Jerry West. You go, who is that? He's the guy on the NBA logo. He was a good basketball player. It'd be like saying Scottie Pippen next to Michael Jordan, Kyrie Irving next to LeBron, okay? So I see Gail Goodrich. I go, that's Gail Goodrich. They go, that is not Gail Goodrich. I said, it is Gail Goodrich. Happened to be in town for a game with the Bulls. I went up to him. I said, sir, is there any chance you're Mr. Goodrich? He said, yes, I am. I was just like, I just met Gail Goodrich. I didn't get his autograph. I didn't really talk to him. And you've had this conversation at a dinner table, right, where it goes, if you could have dinner with anybody, living or dead, who would you want to have dinner with? So just think about that. A dinner conversation. You go, man, that would be so awesome. So here's the God of the universe. He's created everything. Who knows us. Who holds this whole world together. Who actually wants to have dinner and lunch and breakfast and the whole day with us. That's just wild. And that we could be in this loving relationship where we talk to him and he talks to us through his word, his spirit using the word to guide us, and we get to do that. It's an overflow of this loving relationship we have. And it's this constant reminder to ourselves that apart from God, we can do nothing there is no way we're going to see people get changed into being devoted followers of Christ apart from God working in that person's life and using us somehow to point them to Jesus. It's all going to be through prayer and dependency upon the Lord. The last one, contagious generosity. And you say, excelling in the grace of giving, getting better at the grace of giving, 
It's not just in the area of finances, but it's not less than that. It's our time. It's our talents. It's just our whole disposition with all that we are and have, that it's a gift from God, and we're not owners. We're managers. We're, we're stewards of these things, and we want to mimic our Father, who's so generous, so gracious, that he didn't even spare his own son, and with him, who did not spare his own son, it says he will give us all that we need, all things generosity. So that's what it looks like to be a devoted follower of Christ. Those values not only give traction to the vision and mission, but they describe what does a devoted follower of Christ looks, look like. So that moves us into then this whole vision question, where we are going, where are we going? So by God's grace, we desire to be a Christ-centered church for all people. The power of the gospel is continually changing things, transforming lives, renewing our city, and changing the world. This is our greatest desire. This is our hope, that we're going to be a Christ-centered church for all people. So it's the love of God that brings us into relationship with himself through Christ, and it's the love of God that brings us into a relationship with each other. And the Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. And what's true here in our relationship with God is also true in our relationships with each other as brothers and sisters in this new loving family. And so the things that would divide people, the things that would separate people in this world, that, that's not possible because of God's love and grace in our lives coursing through our veins. So you think about all the different ways in which we as people can be divided. Race, ethnicity, age, gender, language, socioeconomics, education, the background there, marital status, or, you know, being special. So all those things could divide us, but we're saying because of who God is and because of Christ, he brings all things, even disparate things together. That's part of the renewing work of God in this world, and it's happening, and it's going to be perfectly happened in heaven, when every nation, tongue, and tribe gathered around the throne, young and old, rich and poor, advantage, disadvantage, everyone. So let's just use the three movements of that last sentence of our vision statement, you know, where we see the power of the gospel continually transforming lives, renewing our city, and changing the world. Just kind of look back on this last year. And here's the goal. The goal is that as we look back over this last year, that we wouldn't do this, and we wouldn't do this, but we'd just say, God, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing in and through us, that we could join you at this time in the world, in this place and from this place. One of the goals is that we would continue to use a message like this to kind of move us out of these little eddies. So we were fishing on one of these rivers up in Canada, and an eddy the guide asked us, you know what an eddy is? Well, I actually did know what an eddy is, and it wasn't Eddie Haskell. It was this little current in the stream where it just circles round and round. There's a current that's going downriver, but the eddy is just, you know, that, that you wouldn't just be in an eddy this next year. That you wouldn't just be up in the stands, to use another metaphor. That you'd be in the strong current of God's grace and his work in this place. That you'd be in the game, not just watching and so this is what we're going to do is just work through these different things, give thanks to God, and ask God to just kind of keep pulling us into that strong current of his grace. All right, so transforming lives. So how are lives changed? When we say we're joining God, 
Changing people, how, how does that happen? Well, there's four things really clearly in Scripture. God uses his word, the Bible. His word is living and active, sharper than the double-edged sword. His word teaches us, it corrects us, it rebukes us, it trains us in righteousness. The gospel is the power of God for salvation, Romans 1, verse 16 and 17. So he uses the word. He uses his spirit, who's always working with the word. So you hear me say this a lot. It's not just about the spirit. It's not just about the word. The word and spirit always come together. The work of God is always moving forward with the word and the spirit. So it's the word, it's the spirit, it's his people who have the word and have his spirit in them, and it's through prayer. That's how lives are changed. That's why we gather on the weekends. That's why we encourage you to get in a group and get together around the word. And that's why we serve. We gather on the weekend, we grow in groups, and we give of ourselves. So God transforms us, then he starts to grow us, and the whole point is, from that point on, not like you got to grow now for like a bunch of years, because this is a long apprenticeship, and then you can do something. No, right, right from the get-go, he's transforming us and growing us that he could use us. So he uses us to bring change in other people's lives. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being available to God to let him use you to change other people. Maybe it's the kids in your family. Maybe it's the kids in our church. Maybe it's the students, the middle school students, the high school students. Maybe it's a life group leader. Maybe you're coaching it upwards. Maybe you're on our connections or a worship team. Maybe you are part of launching a new campus on the north side. of Whatever it is, care partners, that just thank you, thank you, thank you for being available to God. So here's what we know. This last year, 2,600 people from Door Creek Church served at one of our three sites. So the three sites this past year were this site, Sprecher, up north in DeForest, DeForest Campus, and then Boomerang's, our resale store. 2,600 people serving. Now, I know some of you double dip, and that's good. We are, we're okay with double dipping. Um, but that's a lot of people. That's up 500 people from last year, almost 25%. And so we celebrate that, and we thank God for moving people into places of service. Lives are being transformed as we gather around the Word on the weekends. And so it's good to just kind of review where we've been in our teaching. Even as our teaching team has grown stronger and expanded, we went through a lot, right? We finished up the storyline where we went through the whole Bible from February of 17 through February of 18. And then we had these series in uh, different books of the Bible. So Hope from 1 Peter, Faith Works, out of James, Tales of the Kingdom, right after Be the Church. That's where we've been working through. And our goal is for you to not go, man, I, I, how, did, how did they do that? How did they get that? We want you to just, the more and more we explain the Bible, what it means and what the import is on our lives, we want to give you confidence that I, I can do that. I, I can read the Bible, and I can read it for myself. That's what we're trying to do to grow you as a disciple. Our groups, most of our life groups, then take that message and start talking within themselves at a whole nother level as they work through the discussion questions and just this dynamic interaction. We love groups, and we've got all kinds of groups. We've got life groups, and we've got support groups, and we've got these classes that break down into groups. Women's Bible study would be a great example. This past year, 1,400 people involved in a group. Woo, that's huge. From middle school on up through senior adults, 1,400. Our benchmark has been we'd like to see 80% of our average weekend attendance be involved in a group. 
It wasn't that long ago, that number was like 37%. We're well beyond 80%, which is awesome. And if you're not in a group, you're really missing out. We want to encourage you, get connected to a group. Group Up's coming in a couple weeks to help you do that. Well, when we think of transformed lives, we're obviously thinking about, so did anybody come to faith, place their trust, cross the line? Well, what we know is 58 people did that. 41 people, some of the same people, but not necessarily, got baptized. And we celebrate that the weekend before Thanksgiving. We celebrate that the weekend before Easter as well. High school students, middle school students, placing their faith in Christ. Then this last year, we finished up Rooted and the great initiatives. So you can see some of the initiatives we had over that two years. We had Compassion Project, Sports Ministry, Training, Multi-Sites, Debt Reduction, Reduced Debt, $425,000, maybe even a little more than that. And we chased all these different projects. So let me just take you to a couple of cool stories. Compassion Projects. We had the last six in this last ministry year, from September through February. One of those was a meal pack. Remember that? We packed 50,000 meals, to feed about 200 kids for a year who live in Haiti and don't have very much food for a, an entire year. So Numana, who works with our partner in Haiti, Mission of Hope, was so blown away at our model because we didn't just do it here. We didn't just do it at the DeForest campus. We did it in our partner schools and with the families and the kids of the partner schools. And Numana, who brought the rice and the beans and helped distribute it all and kind of the liaison between us and Mission of Hope, they were so blown away that they said, man, we, we just want to take another step with this. And so here's what, this is this wild. So they invited from leaders from two different districts, one up in Sun Prairie, one here in Madison, invited some of our leadership to join some of their leadership to take a trip in January down to Haiti to go visit this school and to see how we can strengthen these partnerships. That's super unusual. That wasn't the plan. But God, but God, again, beyond what we could ask or imagine. This last year, because of Rooted, we were able to get those new soccer fields, football fields in, and we started new ministries. So we not only have Upward Basketball this last year, which we've been doing for years, but now for the first time, flag football and then soccer in the spring. And guys, if you don't know this, we, we have opportunities to meet a whole different group of kids and families that never would come through the doors of any of our campuses. Over half the kids outside of our church. And when they're coaching about basketball, they're also sharing about God's love and the gospel. So I got this letter from a parent who is so grateful from one of the other things that we do through sports ministry, our Chicago Eagle soccer camp. Chicago Eagle soccer camp, thank you, thank you. I can never thank you all enough for investing your time into our children. Into our children. Carson came home from camp yesterday asking lots of questions about heaven and salvation. You guys have been pouring Jesus into him all week. And as a result, Carson accepted Jesus in his heart last night. This has been something we have been praying about for our Carson since he was a baby. Our hearts are overwhelmed with happiness. God is working through your camp. Thank you all for being such willing vessels and sharing about our Lord, a forever grateful parent, Stacy. So we celebrate that. Change lives, change lives. Under training, 
we are committed just to helping people grow. And so that's why we brought Mike Bulmer in to do the revelation for him. That's why we had a marriage retreat, to help people grow in their marriages. This came back from one couple. They said this, we came to the retreat, a very broken us, and this experience has strengthened us and showed us that we are doing the right things to get us back. Thank you. That was great. That was great. One of the things that we said in Rooted is, and it was kind of a hard thing to measure, is we want each of us to own our spiritual growth. Don't think it's somebody. Don't think it's your spouse. Don't think it's your big brother who's, who's, who's a more serious Christ follower than you are. Don't, don't think it's something that the pastors do or your youth pastor does, that this is a responsibility we have to grow as a Christ follower. And so we said, put together a spiritual growth plan and keep asking this question to God. Where do you want me to grow to be more like your son, Jesus? So we're gonna catch up with Brad's story who, as he was wrestling with rooted and with these kinds of things, God has led him in an unexpected path as Brad is this builder of homes and wears a tool belt throughout the week to what you're gonna hear about next. So listen up. Hi, I'm Ryan Morrison, the Forest Campus Pastor here, uh, sitting down with Brad Burr, talking about how God has used his time at Door Creek Church to help him discover the call that God has on his life. So Brad, thanks so much for joining us. Can you start by telling us a little bit of what your walk with Christ was like when you were growing up? Yes, uh, so early on, uh, at a young age, I was an altar boy, actually at a Catholic school, and always felt that calling by Christ to do more than just what I was doing. A lot of it could have been I was just so young, I didn't quite understand what that meant. Um, but also, there was a time in my life, a period, that maybe I thought I was being called to be a priest. And I kind of had a lot of pushback on that in my own heart. Just the timing was never quite right for me. So Brad, you started dating your wife, Shannon, and she was actually the one who brought you uh, to Door Creek Church for the first time. So what were those first few weeks like? It was amazing, actually. So I had bounced around to a few other churches around town just to see if I could find what I was looking for. Uh, and then when Shannon did introduce me to Door Creek, from the very first moment I was here, it was the very first time that Pastor spoke, I felt like I was home. Uh, it just, the comfort level was there, I understood everything he was talking about, and for myself, it was the missing link that I'd always been looking for. So Brad, one thing I've heard about your story that I think is really cool is that God has used his word to really shape and mature your prayer life. So how has, how has your prayer life changed? As I grew and I started to open the Bible more and understand more scripture, prayer started to become uh, something that I started to lean on to start my day, um, to handle situations that I really wasn't sure how to handle. I would just gravitate towards prayer. So it's become an extremely strong part of my life um, to lean on that and just have an outlet to be able to talk to God and, and just ask for help at times. Um, prayer's been extremely powerful as I've grown in my faith walk. Right, it's so amazing to hear everything that God's been doing in your life. So can I just ask, where is he leading you today? God is leading me, um, I think, through Door Creek, to be honest. Um, I think he's using this place um, to continue to let me grow uh, 
as I continue this journey. But right now he is calling me to seminary school. Um, I am going to be entering into that season of my life uh, where I'm going to be studying uh, his word much deeper than even just on a daily level. And that's what I've enjoyed so much about Door Creek is they've helped me personally to take that next step. And I know they can help others too. Brad, thanks so much for taking the time to share your story with us today. We're really excited for you. And not all of us are gonna necessarily end up at seminary, but we can celebrate how God uses different people to do so many different things. And how he uses his word and prayer to shape what that looks like in our lives. Let's give it up for Brad. So in case you, it's seminary school, not cemetery school. <laughs> Having graduated, sometimes I didn't know the difference, but so, you know, Brad's, he's got this tool belt thing in his world, and he's feeling God nudging for further training and is open to whatever that means. And that's, that's intentional training, that's opening ourselves to God, it's listening, and it's what God does, and we want more of it. And so, you know, what are we saying here under transforming lives? That's what we're on about. That's what God is on about. That, and we want to see more. We want to see more. We want to see more people coming to faith. I want to see you come to faith. If you've been here and it's just been something that it's up here or maybe it's been like this, I want to see you come to faith. I want to see you see your closest family and friends come to faith. I was recently talking to someone in my office who was going through a really difficult storm. And during the conversation, I just asked her, so do you have a personal relationship with God? Have you ever just surrendered your life fully to him? And she said, no. And I heard myself say these words, man, well, you need to do this. And she prayed and received Christ right there in my office. And as I was driving home, the thought hit me, why don't I say that more? When's the last time I said you need to do this? Is there a sense of urgency in your heart, Mark, for people that are far from God and desperately need him? And I, I just want to say, you don't just need to do this if, you, in your, if you're in a hard place. You need to do this if you're in a really great place because this is what you were made for. You were made by God, for God, to do life with him, and for that relationship to center you, and that relationship to hold you when life is crazy, for that relationship to ground you when there are so many other things that you think might make you feel better about yourself, to know I'm secure in who I am, I'm a daughter of the king, I'm a daughter of, I'm a son of the king. And so we, we wanna see more of that. And you need this, and your friends and your family need this. And may we as a church never lose our desire to see more people become devoted followers of Christ. Praise God that he is transforming lives. Renewing our city. So we have a unique privilege to do what God called his people to do way back in Jeremiah's day. In Jeremiah 29, 7, we read these beautiful words. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it, the city, prospers, you too, God's people, will prosper. And so we want our city, and we want the people of our city to flourish. 
in every area of their life, we want them to flourish. And the area that we've been focused on as a church these last several years has been on kids and on their families. We love kids and we want to serve kids, especially the kids that are on the wrong side of what's called the opportunity gap. It has to do with reading scores and math scores and graduation rates. And this is gap that happens to so many kids. And we want to be part of closing that gap. And we want to support and see those sad statistics change in the name of Jesus. And so we're all about that. That's why we partner with three public schools, Mendota Elementary in Madison, Westside in Sun Prairie, Eagle Point in DeForest. That's why we encourage small groups to adopt teachers. So my guys, Friday morning guys, we adopt Kathy, her classroom, the fifth grade, and we do all kinds of things to encourage Kathy in her work that is so challenging and difficult. We are just so grateful to come alongside her, and it's been awesome. So many of our compassion projects, a lot of the resources that we gave at our Thanksgiving offering go to these local things right here. I don't know if you know this, but through, Advent, through our Thanksgiving offering, 40000 was set aside for these educational grants for different nonprofits, different schools around the city, just doing good for these kids. This weekend, we just had a wonderful serve day, 250 people serving. And you guys, I mean, there's hundreds and thousands of things that we did for school supplies for each of our three partner schools. And in each of those three partner schools, we put together teacher appreciation gifts just to encourage the teachers and come alongside of them. And so there's pictures of the group up in DeForest, there's pictures of the group in Mendota, and then there's also the group at Westside that was serving up there in Sun Prairie as well. So we're excited to do that. And when you think about renewing our city, our multi-sites is all about that, extending the mercy, the grace, the hope of Christ into new places, leveraging the relationships we have in the places where we live and work, and seeing more people come to faith. And so you think about renewing the city, think about our campuses. And so we're excited that this last year, God has led Ryan Morrison to be our new campus pastor up in DeForest and Bree and their beautiful family. We're grateful for that. We're excited to leverage this new space, this new campus. And that's one of the things we want to think about as we look back over the last year is, wow, you know, for the last four or five years, we've been chasing just a place to rent and have a permanent home as we moved out of the high school there at DeForest High School. And we couldn't find it. We couldn't find it. And it was like, I mean, how hard is this to find 10,000 square feet up and around DeForest to put our new church into? And apparently, it was really hard because we never found it. And it was actually frustrating. Like, what's going on? What's going on? And so th this last year is a reminder that we need to apply to our personal lives because it's going on in our personal lives, which just happened to us as a church family, that God's timing isn't always ours. But God's timing is always perfect. And God continues to blow us away with things that we couldn't have asked for or even dreamed of. From going from 10,000 square feet to start leasing some space to somebody not even in our church to gifting us 10 acres of land to build upon, to have this beautiful campus up on the hill right in the middle of all this new growth. Praise be to God. And then there's this whole new campus that opened up two weeks ago. They're meeting right now for the third time. We're so thanking, thankful to God that he led David and his wife Tracy and their family to Door Creek. David grew up in Madison. 
David has pastored here. He started the Boys and Girls Club in Madison. He has a long, long, credible record of doing good work in Christ's name here in our city. And how God has brought David and his family together with Door Creek, and now we've launched this new campus. We were hoping for 50 to 75 to start this new campus, and there were 100 two weeks ago. There was like 90 last week. I don't know how many are there today. And in two weeks, we have our grand opening, and we are positioned in this beautiful new facility to serve kids, to set up a new church, a loving community to reach and serve those on the north side. So I want you to catch up with one of the stories and so I want to invite Marsha, my friend, Marsha Baldridge, up here on the platform. Marsha, would you come? And um, Marsha serves on our leadership board. And so it's my privilege, along with the other eight or so board members, to serve with Marsha. So our leadership board gives the direction and vision for our church. Marsha has also served in Grief Share, she's a care partner and has been real involved in our women's ministry. And you're also part of the core team. So I want to catch up with that story. So first tell us a little bit how you got to Door Creek. Um, I've, unofficially, I've been here since uh, May of 2009 when I came to join a grief uh, support group here uh, because I'd lost my son. And fast forward to 2011, and I became officially a part of Door Creek Church. And I've experienced nothing but a welcoming, open arms attitude towards me since I've been here, and the community involvement has just blown me away. Hmm. Now, I know your story well enough to know there are times where you're wondering, what is this black woman doing in this predominantly white church? And Lord, I'm a little, so how did that all work? <laughs> Well, I felt very uncomfortable sometimes, and the music wasn't what I was accustomed to. And I had some thoughts of, maybe this is, isn't for me. Uh, but God said, this is for you. The, the word is being taught, you're being received, and uh, you can listen to your genre of music in your car or at home. <laughs> and you will not leave until I say it's time. So. <laughs> So as a board, we've been praying and planning and excited about Northside Madison, and so you were in the midst of all of that as one of the leaders, um, but there was no expectation for you to go, and so how is it that God moved you to be part of our core? Well, um, uh, Pastor David had said, well, we're having an a informational meeting, and I, being nosy as I am, I did go to see what was going on, and I was hearing about all the great things that we were looking forward to, and the next thing I know, I'm signing up uh, to be part of the core group and to maybe bring uh, the care partner ministry to the north side and to, uh, you know, maybe do some Bible study over there. So there I was. God said, well, you've kind of gotten comfortable over here. I'm going to move you over here so that uh, you're not comfortable anymore. Mm. <laughs> God has a great sense of humor. Yeah. So it's really early, and perspective usually takes more time as we reflect and experience. But just you've been here for, you know, nine, ten years now, going into your tenth year. 
And as you, you know, walked into that room on the north side, and just give us a sense of your perspective, your thoughts of what God is doing um, as you've just been witness to it. It was such an exciting time to walk into a brand new facility to be a part of something brand new from ground up, which I've never been. And the excitement of the service, the excitement of being part of God's work in this community and being part of a bigger community, which is Door Creek. I'm still a part of Door Creek, mm -hmm. but I'm just venturing out to be a part of Northside and see what God, how God is going to use me. And I don't know, it's a little scary, but um, he's got the brains. Yeah, good. Let's give it up for Marcia. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Key word, uncomfortable. Note to self, let's be willing to be uncomfortable this next year that God would use us. Thanks, Marcia, for leading the way in that. All right, so we get to changing the world. Our marching orders are clear. It's right here in the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey and observe everything I've commanded to you to do. And I surely, I will be with you to the end of the age. I'll be with you at every step along the way. So this happens. Changing the world happens through partnerships. So we have partnerships nationally. One at Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota. And another one in New Orleans at Urban Impact. Some really tough places. South Dakota, I think, is the poorest zip code in the entire country on that Indian reservation. And New Orleans is in the heart of the city. It was devastated by Katrina, but long before that was devastated by poverty. We love those partnerships. And we have three international partnerships. So we have one in Honduras. Our high school students just came back. And so in Laseda, uh, we partner with the Great Commission Church there in Laseda, Honduras, a church just like us. They've got a multi-site. They're building a new building for their multi-site. And they're into sharing the gospel word and deed. They are providing education for kids, affordable health care. They've got housing for families without housing, job training for students and youth. And all the while, just keep sharing and proclaiming the good news of God's love. In Haiti, Mission of Hope is our partner. It's the largest NGO. What in the world is an NGO? a non-governmental organization, the largest one in the, on the whole island. They feed, you guys get this, they feed 90,000 kids a day, a day. That's a lot, a lot of kids. And we are so grateful to partner with them. We've got four trips going out between now and January. Our meal pack, which we did last year and probably the one that we're going to do this year, connecting with the ministries they have there in Haiti. Our board is going to take our board retreat, all the members buying their tickets to go down there to see it and to be challenged by the leadership there and their great vision. And then we've got another one in Rwanda through World Relief, and they've got these church empowerment zones. So World Relief strategy is we're not just a relief organization. We want to come alongside of the church and pastors in particular, help them plant churches and help them bring the whole gospel to the whole community, whatever the needs they have. And there are big needs that are spiritual, and there's physical needs, and there's health needs, and there's educational needs, and there's financial needs, economic needs. So 
The reason we've got Rwandan coffee is because when we roast those beans, we're supporting families that our partners are working with in Rwanda. And when we make a profit and you buy a bag of beans or a cup of coffee, any profits go right back into our global partnerships. And so that's what's going on there in Rwanda. And as, it, as you think about now, okay, transforming lives, renewing our city, changing the world. Where, where are we going this next year? And the answer is yes, more of that. More seeing people be changed by God's love. More seeing us embrace the values. More of us being a Christ-centered church for all people. That we would see more and more the breadth of the community around us being part of who we are as a faith community. And so we want to see our new campuses flourish. North side is it just takes root, strong roots and grows and bears good fruit. We want to help and support DeForest Campus to just maximize this new space to reach more and more people because they're positioned to do it. Every time I go up there, I'm amazed that there's new houses. There's new houses since the last time I was up there. So it's just like, the, I don't know if you know the story, but this hill, they said, I wasn't here, but in 99, you could stand right where we are right now and look around, a 360, and they said you could count five houses. So think about that as you leave this place. And that's exactly the dynamic of what's going on in DeForest on the corner of 51 and Windsor Road where we have the high ground and houses are going up and apartments and condos going up all around it. And so we want to see that happen. And we want this to be a great year of growing kids' ministry and student ministries to reach more through sports, through student ministries, middle school, high school, and our great children's ministry. So I'm also excited that we are welcoming back one of our beloved staff members, Mark Deering, who for three and a half years was our worship pastor and then was at Ada Bible up in Grand Rapids for four and a half years and is coming back, not as our worship pastor, but as an executive pastor serving alongside of Bev and the two of them overseeing the day-to-day operations of our church. It is so great to have Mark Deering in the house. I think he's up at our campus on the north side right now. And you can welcome he and Cassie and their five kids. If you don't, if you weren't here three, four years ago, then you wouldn't know them, but it's just a treat to have them back, and we're really excited. So here's my challenge to you, because I've been thinking about this question. What time is it? No, not the clock. I know, not that one. But what time is it as an organization? It's a great question to ask for your family, for your relationship. Where are we at? What time is it? So I've been thinking about this week. Where, where are we at? What time is it for Door Creek? And my answer is it's time to seize the day. You know that word carpe diem in the Latin? Seize the day. This is the time for us to not squander the huge opportunities God is giving us individually and as a church. So on this fishing trip, I, I got on this 1956 seaplane, first time, and I was a little unnerved because it did look old. And I didn't know how old until I got off of it. And they said, 1956, but don't worry, they've replaced most of the parts. (laughs) Most of the parts, I hope they got the right ones replaced. But what was really unnerving is when the seaplane landed, the captain, he was so young, I was wondering, has he really got his driver's license? (laughs) And it was freaking me out. But then I found great comfort that there was a little sign in the cockpit that read, don't use reverse power in flight. I thought, what a helpful message for every pilot to remember. (laughs) Don't throw this baby in reverse. Wow. 
Now, here it is, in our, in, spiritually, in our journey, you're either going forward or backward. We think we can coast. We think we can get, we think there's a neutral gear. There actually isn't. You're going forward or you're going in reverse. Don't put it in reverse. There's a lot of ways we could put it in reverse. But don't put it in reverse. Seize the day. Move forward. And here's the different movements I want to encourage you to make. The first one is just move forward in your relationship with God. Get in the word every day. Reflect. I mean, if you could take 15 minutes, five to read the Bible, five to just think about what you've read, and five to talk to God about what you've read in your day, that would be huge. That would be huge. 15 minutes. If you could spend two hours a month, a half a day a month, or maybe a full day a month to just be quiet, move towards God in solitude, where you just bring your Bible, you pray, and you listen you guys, you cannot believe how much clarity you can get for all the things that are on your plate, for all the relationships that are important to you. I just did that a couple weeks ago. I'm up there on the hill at Kagansa in the state park overlooking things, and I got to that point in my Q day where I just said, Lord, what do, what do I need to hear from you? Now, I don't, when I say that, I don't hear voices. I don't, there's not a, like a plane that starts writing messages for me in the sky or clouds take unusual form. No, it's just God's spirit in me giving me clarity. When I was thinking about my children, just great clarity as I was thinking and praying for my kids. This is a huge opportunity. I want to encourage you as you think about taking next steps, be more intentional about the Bible. Be actually experimental, because I'm guessing none of us have done this regularly, about solitude. Not to empty our minds, but to fill our minds with God's truth and his spirit for direction. You will not believe how much clarity God will give you this year as you just stop and listen for whatever is in your life. I encourage you to do that. So we move towards God. Then we need to move towards people. People far from God who don't know Christ, but he's put them in our lives. And we need to move towards God's people. Get into a group. And the last thing I want to challenge you as you take a next step is keep growing in this whole thing of giving yourself away. That's where we, when we're filled with Christ, full of Christ, we're positioned to give ourselves away. And the weird thing is, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so when we give of our time, when we give of our talents, when we give of our treasure, that, that is just positions us to get so much more, so much more. So it was a great year. Praise be to God. And honestly, this next year is poised to be even better. So I hope you don't miss this next year. For all that God has for you, for all that he has for your marriage, for all that he has for your small group of friends, I hope you don't miss this year of how God actually wants to use you. I hope you don't miss this year in terms of God actually wants to spend this next year with you. Let's pray. So, Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness and your kindness to us as a people. Thanks for calling people to yourself. Thanks for growing us. Thanks for sending us. Thanks for shaping us. And continue to do that, Lord, and continue to be honored in this place as we seek to be your children who love you and love others well and love each other well until you come or call us home. May we be faithful. In Christ's name, God's people said, amen.